Syndrome City is a podcast started by Sydney-based UX designers Tamara and Alex. It hopes to explore and start conversations around diversity in the tech space. If you would like to contact us or be on the podcast, please email us on syndrome.city.podcast at gmail.com. seven of Syndrome City. We've got classmates from UXDI 29, our fellow graduates, and we're all coming together during this lovely pandemic to share our woes, <laughs> our experiences. <laughs> um, we have Matt that had his own episode, which was Boys Club, also listened to that. And we also have lovely, lovely guests Simon and Jeannie, who will introduce themselves. We're going to start off with Simon, but first let's let everyone say hi. Hi, Beth. Um, Hi. Hi, guys. We hope you're all doing well. Um, like we said, we're going to start off with Simon. Do you want to just give us a quick rundown who you are, what you're doing, and what you're about? Uh, yeah, my name's Simon. Um, I've done the UX course with these guys last um, November. Um, it was a transition um, that I wanted to do for quite a while. Um, coming back from, well, coming from a, a design background, good at, well, in, mainly in publishing, but for the last 20 odd years. Um, and I thought this would be a nice transition to get into um, UX and understanding design and uh, just to elevate myself, not just being a print designer. So yeah, so here I am, um, looking for work, <laughs> which is a bit tough, uh, especially um, living in, a, a, I live in Newcastle, which is kind of a bit remote, I guess, compared to being in the city, but um, what's happening at the moment, I think it's put everyone on the same level playing field because everyone has to do it via telephone or Zoom. So looking for work, has that bit more open scope as opposed to just thinking I have to find a job in Newcastle. So yeah, so there I am still looking. Uh, uh, that's it. <laughs> awesome. And then we'll have Jeannie. Do you want to give us a little rundown about yourself? Yeah. Um, hi, I'm, I'm Jeannie. So I worked as a scientific researcher for more than five years where I um, developed personalized treatment for children with cancer. So the reason for me to delve into UX was um, when I was on the job as a scientific researcher. I realized that um, apart from doing research, I really enjoyed um, discussing problems and processes with people. And also I really like creative, uh, showing my creativity through visual communication. So during my maternity leave this year, I decided to um, take the opportunity to add a skill to my outside of my work so I delve into UX and I've been liking it since then yeah awesome like the three awesome. stupid powers of like having a baby maternity leave and now she's taking on a full UX course like wow honestly <laughs> <laughs> I think every it's um we are in the same boat because we are all transitioning from some somewhere like not UX and then into something new. So it takes a lot of courage to um to take a course and do something else. For sure. Yeah. For sure. And then oh, we obviously we have our lovely Matt back as well. <laughs> I I'm a repeat guest, but yeah, my name's Matt. Um I also did the course with these guys, the UX design course at General Assembly, which was amazing um, with all of these guys. And yeah, I currently work at Commonwealth Bank as a digital business analyst. Uh, and yeah, I'm kind of transitioning into UX. My, my kind of trajectories, I suppose, is a little bit different because I currently work in an environment where I work with some designers and developers, and I'm kind of moving into that space, hopefully internally as well. So yeah, that's me. Yay! Awesome. So um, we might start off with just throwing out a question to everyone 
in our lovely chat this evening. Mm -hmm. um, and by our lovely chat, I mean our Zoom call. <laughs> but I'll, I'll throw a question out to you guys and just like jump in anybody who wants to feel free to laugh as much as you want. We laugh a lot. <laughs> I guess like a first question is uh, how are you guys coping at home? <laughs> so like I just said, I have a baby at home mm -hmm. and um, because of this whole pandemic thing, I can't send her to childcare or I can't um, have someone help me out at home. So it's quite tough for me to juggle taking care of baby and then um, job search. But I enjoy my time at home, like spending time with the baby. So I try to prioritize um, looking after her now because I know that even though um, I'm trying hard to find a job, it's not um, like companies are not looking now. They're trying hard to um, like um, get the systems going and yeah. perhaps this is not the best time for them to add people into their company because um, training people remotely is also hard for them to do. So yeah. Yeah. they're not used to that yet. So they're trying to figure that out. Yeah. yeah. They're trying to get their processes of like how to send everyone remotely first yeah. before they start figuring out how do we add new people remotely. But they're still well, home I'm for us. Uh, I'm sort of coping by the first couple of weeks when we first finished the course was basically to stay at my computer or stay at the computer for a whole nine hours. Um, but I prioritize that and just, so I'll wake up in the morning and do three hours, checking emails, what's on there, LinkedIn and switch off. Um, otherwise you're just staring at it constantly. Um, the weeks, I mean, I'm a single parent. Uh, I have the kids week on, week off. Uh, so this week I have the kids. So my priorities with the kids to make sure they do their schoolwork as well as obviously look for jobs. Um, I find it kind of therapeutic when they're here because I've got something to do. I feel like I'm doing something. When, when, I, when they're not here, I try not to. I tend to go a bit stir crazy. Um, and you know, you know, you're always thoughts thinking, oh, where's the job's gonna come from? What am I gonna be doing? You know, I've actually, started to revert back to looking for design jobs as well, as opposed to UX. Um, yeah. So that's kind of going back to know what I'm, know what I'm good at. Yeah. Um, obviously I don't want to fall back into that pattern. Um, so yeah, just at the moment, just applying for what I can, I think is I'm worthy for to you know, the job that's out there. Um, but the, the hardest part, and you'll probably all vouch for me, but at this, <laughs> at this very time, all their, I mean, I've had a couple of knockbacks and the knockbacks are basically, I don't have enough experience. And that's one of the biggest ones, you know. Yeah. Um, and all the jobs are senior roles or mid-weights. And mm -hmm. to get a junior role is pretty tough out there, uh, especially when we've all started from the ground upwards. And it's, yeah, it's, it's difficult. Yeah, definitely. Um have they have they given you any like feedback like have you asked for extra feedback regarding knockbacks at all no it's usually via an email um yeah. it's one of those ones where you sort of apply um at least you get some sort of feedback say well we've looked at other people who've got more experience yeah you, you, i have not received up. that feedback <laughs> <laughs> uh, i so, don't usually get a response i uh, the ones that i have i have tried to like ask for a little bit more information because it's mainly just Unfortunately, we've decided to not go with your application leaders. When they um, respond back in like 10 minutes and you're like, do you even look at it? Yeah, yeah, I had one that came back within 30 minutes of a plus grade. Can you wait at least a day? Can you tell me in a day, not 30 minutes after applying, well, 25 minutes after applying? Yeah. Be that was, that was rough. That was a rough day. But it reaches a point where you're like, can I at least get a rejection so I know I matter? <laughs> can I get a rejection 24 hours later? That would be ideal. At least wait 24 hours before you kick me in the door. <laughs> better to know it earlier, though, so that you won't be thinking about it for 20 yeah, hours. <laughs> that is true. But um, I find Yeah, I think well, I prefer to know. 
but yeah knowing like being rejected within like a few minutes must be pretty bruising to the ego <laughs> at the same time but yeah. i think for me it was more of a did they even look at it did they just run it through yeah. a system and none of the keywords matched so they didn't even bother looking at my resume which i know like in big companies that's going to happen because it's their way of sustaining mm -hmm. like turnover um yeah. and getting through all the work but it just makes it I mean, we're experienced designers at the end of the day, and the experience is not pleasant to be knocked back no. so quickly. No, definitely not. I have a question for all of you, including you, Alex. So you know how on LinkedIn you have all these designers that are sort of telling people, or oh, if you want me to look at your portfolio, your CV to help you out, just send it through. Have you guys contacted those people and if yes have you noticed how different the feedback is between each and com comparison to what we got from ga who wants to start us Jeannie? um i did not reach out to any of them because i always find that um viewing a puzzle is a subjective um issue like people mm -hmm. see like different people have different um opinion so what i did was i just um looked up for people who work in the companies that I want to work in, that I aspire to be in. And um, I just reach out to the senior UX designers and ask if they would like to have a look at my portfolio. And then usually those, um, uh, I still get different feedbacks from different companies, but at least there can be like some trends. Yeah. In those feedback. Yeah. So no, I haven't reached out to any of them. <laughs> For me, I have uh, reached out only one so far. Um, mm -hmm. And we ended up chatting on Zoom for like an hour and she was really lovely. Uh, however, she hasn't given me the feedback yet. And that was about a week and a half, possibly two weeks ago. So I need to chase that up. Um, but I also reached out to someone I went to high school with who lives in Tokyo now and works for Design It. Um, and I got feedback from her. And funnily enough, she didn't go in as deep as I thought she would. She gave me some really good general stuff for the landing page, but yeah. there wasn't too much that she changed, which I, uh, not changed, but um, gave me feedback on, which I was surprised because my big concern was up until probably maybe a couple of weeks ago, most of my feedback had come from GA alumni and GA instructors. And while I definitely wouldn't discredit any of them because they're all amazing in their own right, it does kind of all play into a similar style because they do come from the same academy, especially if they're only a year out at max or a couple of years. So um, I think because all of us are from GA, it is advantageous like Jeannie is doing to reach out to the companies we're interested in or people that didn't come specifically from GA or haven't been at GA for a while to also get feedback from them. So we just have a different point of reference and a different point of view from others other than strictly just GA. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, it's just that I know, you know I haven't reached out, <laughs> so it's nice and easy. Be um, perfect. Uh, no, I have reached. Out, I've, I've reached out to um, people that I worked with before uh, to have a look. Especially one person who's almost like a muse to me. She um, she works for. Uh, she's a service designer, and she's had a look through my work and um, told me to tweak this and do that. So she's been good, Meant, uh, and you know, she's been in for like five, six years now, and she's in the same background as I have from design to UX, so she's pretty good. Matt, what about you? Yeah, yeah, similar experience to Simon. Like, not I haven't like cold reached out to people on LinkedIn or anything to do portfolio reviews for me, but um, I do have a friend who's worked in UX for a long time, and it's like a design manager, and he gave me lots of feedback which was very honest, um, but I really appreciated it. So, uh, yeah, he said some of the things needed to just be improved and some things that were weak. So it, it was really, really good. And it was good to get uh, some feedback that wasn't from someone associated with General Assembly. I think the way they look at it is very different. And someone who's in the mindset of hiring someone, it's really good to try and find someone yeah. um, to test your portfolio on who will be hiring, as opposed to looking at the depth of what you've done from like a learning perspective. It's a very different mindset, I think. Um, and a lot of portfolios I've seen are um, much more brief than how we were kind of trained to, to write our case studies. So that's really interesting and eye-opening for me. 
on the topic of case studies, like that's something I um, really want to get more feedback on as well. Cause I find most of the time when people are giving me feedback, it is strictly on kind of like my landing page mm -hmm. and how that looks. And while I'm always willing to hear about how I can improve my UI skills, um, my case mm -hmm. studies, because I'm leaning more towards like UX design and research and that side of things, my case studies are where I worry that I need to do a lot more work on, especially one that hasn't received much feedback yet. And I know needs a lot of work still to get to a like a more cohesive kind of story um genie so i would like to ask you guys what happens when um you have conflicting um feedback from people like say not even your portfolio for resume or anything like like our career coach shay says one thing and then when i show it to the senior ux designer he says another thing so who do you follow I'd follow the senior designer just purely because they're the ones that are hiring at the moment. And while Shay does definitely have a wealth of knowledge, um, she isn't the one hiring the UX designer. At the end of the day, you want to try to tailor it as much as you can to the company you're applying for. Um, if it's like conflicting from two different UX senior UX designers, if it's a small change, then I'd just tweak and have two copies and send it both ways. Um, and if not, uh, it's not a small change, then I would test it with more people, just like in UX, test it with more people and see what's the most common feedback you're receiving, because it could just be a one-off subjective comment that somebody has as opposed to something that a lot of people are picking up on and saying that should be changed. Um, Matt, you had a... Yeah, I just totally agree with that. I think um, everybody has personal opinions and, and different things that they like or dislike, I think. So you have to take it with a grain of salt and trust your instincts, but also remember that um, I think a nice way to think about it is that it's kind of like who is the user of the portfolio and that's more likely to be someone that's in industry at the moment or hiring in the industry. So you want to tailor it to what they would want to see and want to read and want to look at. Um, so I think that's that would be my kind of guiding principle on that. Mm -hmm. Tamara? Recent one where I set my resume and I wasn't even picky about my resume. I was just like, you know what, why not? Because they're all saying like, oh, let's have a look, let's have a look. So when he looked at it, it was really positive, but the way he like he picked out and like certain details was really interesting. But what interested me more is he would tell me what to change and then he would tell me why. And then he gave me a whole article on why this is the, like, the better way to change your resume. But he was like, let me know if you're taking on these changes i'd be really interested so and this one works he's like a senior designer at telstra and something and works at google so i was like okay this is thank you i think like when when you are like hit with that kind of feedback where there's like a justification and a really good backup yeah. for it then i probably would mm -hmm. follow that person more um but yeah, like i said i think it's it's uh, our our everything that we do like portfolio resume application is just kind of like another ux projects for us where we can kind of get feedback find a consensus on what's the pattern that's popping up the most and then use that to kind of action our change kind of like with ron one of our classmates who jokingly said he wanted to do a case study on his portfolio um because like it was an iterative process where we had to like you know seek out the information do that research put it together and then test it with a bunch of people to get feedback on what worked before making like a final copy. Yeah, I agree. Well, Tamara, next question. Do you have another question for us to throw at us? I think I had something for Simon. Um. <laughs> you can't escape us, Simon. Um, I'm, I'm curious, I'm just curious to know how the UX and design communities like in Newcastle are they as active like proactive do you guys have meetups as often or like speaking events um before all this pandemic started um well, I did go to one meetup and it was really interesting because I've got to meet people um in the industry uh so I got to speak to like uh, I met a couple of people from Greater Bank uh I think there was an agency mm -hmm. put out of out of the square or something media um, and then I met uh, someone from NIB. Uh, they're really interesting. They all wanted to make 
Newcastle like a little hub for themselves, uh, which, you know, they all understand that everything's all in Sydney or in Melbourne. Or, so Newcastle was kind of a, an up and coming sort of little city that they're trying to build up to make it almost like a, a go-to place, you know, not just for holiday makers. I mean, they've got a good uh, new, uh, university, Newcastle, uh, which is always looking for UX designers or, or something to evolve around the new university. And also they're very big in um, uh, the John Hunter Hospital. So the medical wise are pretty big up here. Um, so there is a lot going on, but not at a hundred miles an hour's pace. Uh, pace. Um, so I got to get to know a few people. And from that, um, that's where I had to expand on my network because I didn't know anyone. I didn't know anyone up here. So it was kind of yeah. nice to know, to get to know these people. And now I have some sort of connection, even though they're probably working from home, but at least I can reach out and say, oh, you know, Greater Bank or Newcastle, it's not to another bank. Because the banks up here are just evolving. They, they, they haven't, unlike Westpac or your um, CBAs, they, they've only just realized, oh, we better move, move with the time. Because uh, yeah. to me, Newcastle seems to be about 10 years behind everyone else. <laughs> But it's in a good way, in a good way. <laughs> and what I find is that um, even though there's not a lot of opportunities, there's, because there's not a mass of UX designers or UI designers up here, you might get your foot in the door. Um, whereas even though there's a lot of jobs that I've seen in Sydney, there's, there's heaps. But on LinkedIn, it says, you know, there's like 300 applicants or there's 250 applicants, you know. Does it look so bright out here? Yeah, and it's but and there's a you know and it's saturated with designers out there. But the job says lots. But when you look at how many people applied for it, it just puts you mm. right off. It's like, geez, there's you know, 300 applicants. I'm a junior. How am I going to get in there? You know, whereas yeah. in Newcastle is a little bit different. Um, not as many jobs, but you, there might be. I think there was one the Newcastle um, uh, Newcastle City, which is like Newcastle Council. I think they had about 12 applicants. Um, so, you know, you got one in 12 chances as opposed to one in 300 chances. Mm. But obviously that was during, before the, uh, before this uh, COVID-19 appeared. So uh, that's all ceased because obviously everyone's in that sort of, well, let's hold off for a little bit. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's, uh, it's, I think there's opportunities up here. Um, <clears throat> not fast, but you might get a foot in the door. So, yeah. I think staying on that topic, um, it'd be great to hear everyone, including Tamara's, uh, their, your plan on how, like your action plan on job hunting and what you're doing. So I know with Simon, it's a little bit more about networking is more of a focus. Um, but I'd love to hear like everyone just quickly chat through, starting maybe with Matt, then Simon, then Ginny, then Tamara about how they're, um, like what's your action plan and what's your process and stuff at the moment. Kind of like what Shay asks us. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, as I said before, my situation is a bit different. So I work kind of in the tech space at Commonwealth Bank. Um, so I have got some opportunities to develop my skills in design uh, there, which is great. And hopefully we've been to a design role full time. Uh, but I've also I got the opportunity from one of our um, clients from General Assembly to do some freelance work for them, which is fantastic for a few weeks. And I may also have some opportunities with friends to do some small kind of side projects as well. So in the meantime, that's kind of my main focus, upskilling whilst working full time. And I'm very, at the moment with everything that's going on, I'm very appreciative to have like a stable job. Um, I know that not everybody does. So that's something I'm really thankful for. So that's, that's kind of shifted my mindset a little bit with everything that's happening at the moment. Cool. Uh, Simon, I know you've already talked briefly, but if you want to elaborate on, on what you're doing process-wise. Uh, yeah, I'm going through LinkedIn and cold calling people up in Newcastle. Um, but it's one of those things, it's, you, you have to chuck it out, like 10 people, you might get one person come back to you. You know, it's not the usual, what we got advised was cold call and people will have coffees with you, et cetera, et cetera. Reality is not like that. Um, but I had one good successful conversation with someone up in Newcastle. Uh, he owns a company called um, Streaming House and Nimbler Digital. 
And from that, we had a good hour and a half speak. And that's just from me cold calling via LinkedIn. And he's given me some website work and some um, collateral work. Uh, in the meantime, he said there's not enough work for a full-time gig, but you know, it's still design, website, sort of UX sort of type thing. So you know, fingers crossed something might come out of that, but I'm not putting everything onto that uh, as to say, yeah, I've got a job with this guy. So it's nice that he's actually given me some jobs to do. Um, I've also gone back to help uh, old clients to, for some design work, um, which helps having some money in the bank. Um, <laughs> But not enough to, you know, to sort of live on. Um, I'll just keep applying to jobs, which, you know, now that the opportunity is there to apply for jobs in Sydney uh, and see if they might work remotely. Um, and again, I'm applying for design jobs, but I'm trying to sell myself as a UX designer on top of that. So it's like a bonus for them. Yeah. Um, I've had one team, uh, one company called Health Match. And, and I applied for it and 10 minutes I got a phone call to say, you know, I'd like to have an interview. That's and awesome. I was quite, I was quite honest with them to say the situation I am. And uh, yeah, it was for a design job, um, but they needed someone on site. That was the only issue. So um, I had to let that one go. But I think I passed on um, tomorrow's details onto her. I don't know if she got back or not. But um, it's, yeah, I always think about what other people um, could do. So yeah, that's that's be just just applying and trying to talk to people. I think that's one of my best favorite thing. <laughs> I think that's like awesome though that even though you are going and having a look at design work as well, which I know isn't your first preference, that you're going like, look, I am a designer and I can come in as a designer, but I am also a UXer and possibly like open that opportunity later up. I think that's like mm. a really good way of kind of approaching it, especially in like the time we're in at the moment of like, look, I can do the design, but I can also do the UX process as well. And we might be able to make it even better. And then when things aren't financially going the way they are as they are now, maybe we can look into making it more of a UX role. Mm. Um, Jeannie, what about you? Right. Because um, I'm on my maternity leave. That means I have a, an old job to fall back into. So I'm not trying too hard, but I still try to find a new job as a UX designer. Um, I, what I've been doing was uh, I just applied on Seek LinkedIn in Indeed and I actually did five interviews. And yeah, um, those were, my advice would be just go to that in interview even though that's not the company that you want to work for because for my first interview, I thought the about me question uh, for like, I thought my about me question was good enough, but it was only until after having doing five interviews, like thinking about like the first time I did the interview, I was like, it was quite crappy. And, um, obviously having done five, it means that I felt like a few. And then there are companies that told me that, that they are putting the position on hold. So once the pandemic is over, I'll just go and reach out to them if that's the company that I want to work for. And um, while doing, while waiting, I'll just continue to apply on LinkedIn. And also um, I've talked to a few, reached out to a few people to um, ask how I can improve my um, UX design skill. I think this is a good um, time for us to uh, like read more materials and um, practice more on, um, you know, whiteboarding or, um, solving a problem yeah so i think even um the even the ui aspect of it like learning how to like like matt and i we went to a design system um meet up like learning um how big companies do their design system is also very very valuable for actually i don't know if you guys remembered you know how they always post um like job postings on that slack channel so there was one that was a freelance graphic design one for a humanitarian organization. And I was like, yes, go. <laughs> and then <laughs> like this is that. And then that's when I applied to that one. And then she, I, was, I go, okay, I applied and I haven't responded. So then she's like, oh, but I know the lady. I'll help like let her contact you. And then, 
So I've got that for now. I only got con like the confirmation that, oh, you can go on board now. It's just something to build my portfolio, I guess. Everything else I'm still on hold for. <laughs> Other companies, I'm still waiting. In the meantime, though, I feel like I'm, I'm doing this 50-50 thing where I'm like, I want to, you know, develop my skills and do better and learn more. And then the other 50 is job hunting because I feel like during this pandemic, if I do like 100% job hunting, I get drained and I get pulled down and I don't want that. So I try to like balance it out for myself, talk to people and then job hunt because if I just do it 100%, I'm not really getting much back even with the 50. So that's where I'm at. It'd be interesting to ask as well for uh, Jeannie and Tamara who have been told that there are things that are a little bit on hold at the moment. Um, mm -hmm. How have like companies reached out to you regarding that? After, like, and what point in the interview process do they kind of touch base with you to say like, hey, we like you, but we're just putting this on hold? So the most recent one contacted me, I think, to last week he contacted me last week and he said oh I didn't get the chance to talk to you and I'm sorry I will send in the job description blah 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 and I will speak to you soon and apologies for the delay blah blah so I feel like they're not 100% sure how they're gonna do this yet because my number one question when they contacted me was how am I gonna you know understand the work culture or their company or how they work or how they think that was my like number one question for when anyone contacted me and then the pandemic happened i was like okay but how am i going to learn so i think depending on the company and how they approach it might be different so for me they're actually being quite flexible they're being nice about it they're being patient so they do say like it must, might take a while but they also say but don't hold back from any other opportunity you might have at the same time which I like so it's very respectful in a sense. and you Jeannie so I was told by three companies that they are putting the job on hold so the first one because whenever I apply for companies I always um so this is the, this is my advice is to tailor your CV to that company so he said he, my CV stood out and he wanted to have a coffee chat about the job, but he was still unsure if um, his business could afford to get a UX designer yet. So I just went out to for a coffee chat. And then the other two, um, they just reached out to me on email saying they are putting the job on hold, but they would like to know me more. So um, yeah, and then they'll get back to me if um, they, decide to have another like to proceed with that position mm -hmm. yeah. awesome. so that sort of felt like um i was not too hard on myself then yeah but i know like people had the courtesy to tell me they're putting the job on hold like it's not my problem so um yeah it's just the situation is too hard for us to yeah go out yeah which i think is fair and i think like especially for companies like that that are actually being transparent and going and getting back to you as well and saying like hey it's just not a great time with everything that's going on for us um you did stand out but for now we can't go further i think that's like that's a sign of a really really good company to work for um right i would also like to add on the two interviews that i failed so <laughs> yeah I, I really learned a lot from these interviews so the first one um she said like um, because I was quite humble in the interview, like I know end-to-end -end process of UX, but I wasn't selling myself. So another tip for interview is to sell your work and tell them how good you are. Because she told me, look, I know coming out from GA, the quality of students from GA, you don't have to like be so humble and down to earth. You just have to play your strength. So that's what she told me, which I found really helpful. And the second one, um, the second one was just weird. Like I was asked by a recruiter to go for an interview and um, because I didn't know why I applied or maybe they just saw my, my CV. It wasn't a UX design role. It was a 
UX design coordinator. So I thought that was the same thing. But when I went to the interview, at the end of the she just told me, oh, we're we looking for a coordinator and not a UX designer. So I could feel that she was not interested when I talked about my case studies. <laughs> but still, it was a great experience, like knowing what kind of interview questions to prepare for different kinds of roles. You can't be prepared for all of them. Just you can be prepared for all of them if you talk to everyone. Um, <laughs> just like every recruitment part, like team that has a UX role, just be like, what are your questions? Tell me. <laughs> I feel like the trick when you're in, in like a situation where if they don't have anything to ask you or you feel like the interview was shorter than you thought was to, is to just attack them with questions and then take your answers like or whatever if they respond back and it becomes like a conversation sort of try and relate that back to your case studies if you want or what you learned or like your strengths and weaknesses i felt that sort of get that's included if that job is an actual ux design role and not like something else because listen <laughs> she was listen. not interested with my, with my case studies I was attacked about my degree and not UX thing. Okay. <laughs> I love this story. Tell it again. Matt knows the story. <laughs> so for those at home will remember, yeah. So basically, I had an interview for this company and it has three rounds. And I got to round two. I wish I never got to round two, to be honest. I wish I just stayed at round one and ran for the hills. Anyway, so you think you know what's coming for you, right? So like I, I was preparing for a week straight. I looked at like all the difficult UX questions. I looked at all the, the you know, slides Shay posted. You know, I was just practice, practice, practice. Come the interview, not, nothing was asked nothing 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 it was just my degree and I feel like at this rate the more people ask me about my degree the more copies of my certificate is going to be spread right now why are you asking me about my degree for half an hour straight he asked me about my degree and then but like I thought the interview would go on for an hour but no, it, it hit like, what, half an hour? And all he asked me was like, what materials did you use for your models and all these things? And I was like, okay, maybe, maybe they're just interested in architecture, I don't know. But then when it hit half an hour, I wanted to know more about the company. I got annoyed, I was like, okay, they've assessed me, but I'd like to know more about them now because I haven't really heard much. Mm -hmm. So I just like threw a few questions, tried to relate it back to UX that they didn't ask about at all and I feel like they got attacked to be honest <laughs> because I feel personally I feel like what they were promoting as a company isn't something I was I didn't feel it in a sense like you can try and sell a product but you can tell if it's fake or not in a way so they were saying like, we're this kind of company, we want this for our employers and this, but I wasn't really feeling it. It just feels like you're just throwing all these polished words at me. But I think that's, that's something hard at this time as well to be like, because we're in a time where like things are uncertain, people are just kind of like, maybe I should just take the first thing that comes along. But yeah. if it is a company that like, you're seriously questioning whether like ethically you want to work there or whether it's in line with your values. Like, I mean, it's, it's a, I, I want to say like a lose lose situation. I mean, yeah. like it, it's one of those things where you need to weigh up like, okay, well, do I take this role and have something? Um, and then I can put it towards my experience, but know that I may not be happy there. Or do I hold out for a company that is um, more up my alley? Mm -hmm. No, I wanted to run for the hills mid-interview, just like, grab the laptop. an experience for you. Oh my god, that was so annoying. I just, I'm sorry. You know, do, you feel, do, you feel, do you feel like you learned something from it though, tomorrow? 
The only thing I learned is that I will never escape hippie designer people. Because <laughs> I just started getting like university flashbacks of those professors. We always had those professors that would go on a tangent and just keep going and then just talk to themselves. So I'm just like, oh, great. Oh man, I loved those lecturers in uni, mainly in my music degree, because then I could just kind of like toddle off and like do music and actually like work yeah, on something I wanted to work those on. Were the, those were the same professors that would come at you presentation day, look at your model without even like the class starting, like that's shit and keep going. <laughs> nice constructive <laughs> feedback. That's <laughs> crap, ladies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the degree really is something <laughs> see i feel like it's like yeah that's pretty like harsh to like say something is shit or something is crap but also like if you say that to me and you have like a real reason and you sound like you care i'm mm -hmm. i'm okay with that it's obviously not the best way that i want i want some sugar with if you actually crap. give me a real reason and and something i can use and improve then i'm i think i'm okay with it yeah yeah like tell me why it's crap tell me how i can improve my crap <laughs> tell me how i can polish this turd please yeah. <laughs> instead yeah. of just leaving it as what it is <laughs> yeah. I like the only thing i learned from that interview is to always stand your ground if you feel like asking something and you're iffy about it go ahead and ask because for me for example i get i like i got hounded with like oh what books do you read for like 15 minutes straight now i'm aware reading books is good and being educated is fantastic <laughs> however i also know that people learn things differently so for like 15 minutes straight being like pounded with like books book, books this books that i sort of like i was trying i was getting feisty but i was like okay i obviously have to be professional right now so I just went, so you don't think like, you know, having human interactions or socializing or meetups or like this, my podcast is like a way of learning. And then they got taken aback. Stand your ground because. <laughs> I, think I, think as well, I think it's a good point. Oh, sorry. Oh, that's okay. I was gonna say, I think as well, because like usually second and third interview are usually held by like team leads or managers. And if you're not feeling comfortable <laughs> with how they're approaching you or with what they're saying, like, this is someone you're going to be working directly exactly. under. So it's yeah. somebody you need to be able to have like at least a somewhat decent rapport with. Like you don't have yeah. to love them or anything, but if they're making you feel uncomfortable for whatever reason, and especially if they are a manager and they're having like, one way of learning or one way of like working then like people managers are supposed to understand what me as a teacher would yeah. also understand you assess how your people learn and how they work and you cater for that um mm -hmm. and then if they like if you continuously are trying to do that for them and they're not they're not um producing work that's when you start to go into that um oh what's the word uh Oh, how have I forgotten the word? I've heard this word so many times. <laughs> uh, that's when you start doing like performance reviews. And again, a way to just kind of like change course of how can I get you to present the work, best work that you can do as opposed to like, you need to do things my way and my way only. Yeah, that's what I was feeling. And then the words were like saying something else. <laughs> I think that... Um... What was I going to say? I, I think that that's a really good point you made tomorrow around make sure you're bold enough to kind of ask questions. I think that's a key thing in like job interview mindset is that you are also trying to find out more information about them and you're also mm -hmm. trying to find out what they do and if you will be a good fit there because it's not it's not in anybody's interest for you to go through the process and, and then you realize really late that you're not going to fit there so it's definitely a two-way street it's not just being grilled by someone and i think it's a good mindset to go into with it as well because you're curious and want to impress them but also it removes a little mm -hmm. bit of that anxiety knowing that you also want to find out more information about mm -hmm. the company as well sure <laughs> Has anybody else had any horror stories from interview processes as of late? 
No, I just I haven't had one yet, so I've had no experience. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm I'm more conscious about me being because I was conscious about my age, <laughs> and uh, I think people must read my CV and go, "Oh, he's a bit ancient, isn't he?" Like that. So I, I age don't know, is but a number. I know. I know. I know. I don't, they don't. They but, wouldn't know your age, right? No. Um, if, if you probably, yeah. Uh, yeah, but I'm just if you look at someone's if you look at someone's resume, resume you can kind of yeah yeah yeah, yeah. right so, the dates where they worked yeah I guess. <laughs> yeah that's yeah. to be like why it's are you like putting how, your how birthday? many dates does it go back <laughs> yeah like, <laughs> I think I fit on one page but it feels like there's no it's heaps so well I you know to, to be honest when I when I did this course um in my head I just thought it'd be like a design course um I didn't expect it to be a lot of this human uh, connection and this and that. So it's, all, it's very new to me. Um, and, uh, you know, I think I've maybe done this five, six years too late for myself, you know, because it seems like it's, it's a very young crowd for me anyway, from what I see, from the people I've spoken to, you know, they're in their sort of mid thirties and they've been doing it for the last five years or a decade, even some of them. And I feel like I'm just two, three steps behind. I feel like, feel, though, sorry, you go, Matt. I feel like I hear what you're saying, but I think some of that is maybe that the industry is quite new. So it does attract people that are a younger demographic, but I don't think, especially people that are in the mindset of um, wanting to understand human beings to make products and services better. Like they want people from diverse backgrounds and that includes like different ages. So I think don't be intimidated by that at all. Mm -hmm. I think another good point as well is that you do also have like an amazing design background. So I think to anyone, you would be very advantageous. Um, and, and like Matt said, like having more knowledge, more experience in life, I don't think would be a bad thing in a role yeah. like this, because it's just another person who's going to be using the feature, the service, the experience, like everybody, mm. like we're, we're building for everyone and not just one person. And I think by, you know, hiring only a certain type of person into this role um, would mean that you're not getting that that breadth breadth of um of need. I have no idea what I just said, but you know what I mean. Just to add, um, someone senior once told me that at the end of the day, like doing UX, you still need to come up with wireframes and the UI aspect of it, and I think. Um, Simon would have had um, the advantage of that feel already, that that part of the UX design um, process. Yeah. I, I mean, we've all seen your work and we're all like, we've seen your presentations and we've seen your like, your UI and your visual designs and we're always blown away. I am a swarm. To be honest, just on my wall right there. Yeah, I, just, I, I guess from my point of view, when I've done UX, you know, it was to get away from that sort of, thing because I know what it's like to do the yeah. design types is to learn more about you know actually opening up and being more confident which I sort of lack um, but you know it, it's, a, it's a slow progress for me um, I know my strengths and weaknesses so maybe I'll go in there very sort of like Jeannie did was go humble or just underselling myself um, which I normally do and um, yeah, so maybe that's always playing in the back of my head. Uh, so I'm always conscious about when I'm applying for jobs because I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough because it wants this, 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 and this and that. But you know, from what GA had taught me, just say, just apply for it. You don't know until it comes back to you. So yeah, something like that. It. And also, I think like if you could probably suss out some of those roles as well, if it's going to be like 30% more visual design versus 70% UX, yeah. and maybe some of them are a good foot in the door and you can expand the UX part of the role. Mm. And, you know, I think the thing is that um, having a grounding in design tools is like very valuable, even, but obviously I understand that you don't want to be doing that the whole time, but maybe that's a good foundational skill to have yeah. on top of everything else. But I think as well, um, like we've already mentioned, like having, there are a lot of roles at the moment that are like a mixture of UI, UX, and that do have that different percentage breakdown. And it is something you can definitely go into a role that maybe is initially 
a higher percentage of UI and just slowly mm -hmm. increase that UX out as well. Once you're in it, once they're familiar with you, once you, that you've proven yourself to them, which like we said, like you, that, that knowledge of that design is so important because at the end of the day, we are UXs. We do have that research side and the strategy side, but you actually have the capability to make the wireframes look good and make those prototypes look good. And that's going to carry across to the clients because it can be an amazing feature or an amazing product that you've designed. If it doesn't read well to the client that you're presenting it to, they're not, they might not pick it up. That visual communication is important. Visual yeah. communication. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I was talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is a nutshell like research design that's what i was trying to say a, pi a picture paints a thousand words so yeah for sure visual it communication does. now i know genie needs to head off so we'll quickly say a goodbye to genie thank you so much genie for thank jumping you. on and that. thank you guys and I know Simon has to as well. So we might actually wrap it up here for today, guys. And we will have everyone's LinkedIn below in our description and you'll be able to find them on LinkedIn and have a bit of a chat with them if you'd like. I think so we'll just have Instagrams. Yep, so we'll, we'll be linking all that stuff down below. Um, everyone, if you wanna each quickly say a bit of a goodbye and anything you wanna plug at the moment or get a little bit of uh time out just let me know so um matt do you want to start um yeah i suppose you can you can get in contact with me on um linkedin or through my portfolio my email so i think the guys will link that stuff yep. in the description podcast so yeah feel free to get in touch with me thanks simon if you want to sign off and say goodbye <laughs> yep uh, exactly what matt just said uh so my LinkedIn uh, website will be on there, hopefully. And um, you know, if anyone needs something done graphically wise, I'm, I'm, I'm there to help out. Also look at his portfolio. It's amazing. Jeannie. <laughs> yeah, um, feel free to reach out to me, like not only about UX stuff, if you're a new mom or if you have advice for me, like feel free to reach out to me. I'm happy, always happy to chat. Thanks, Judy, and this is Maybe me. And might be like a future GA student that is changing from a similar background to you. And be like, oh. Anyways, that's it for this week. This is Alex saying goodbye, and tomorrow, bye, bye, guys, bye, bye.